Hey, Doug. No, no, no. Hi, Doug. No, 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 no. Hey, Marcus. Yo. You like movies? I do. I like movies, too. You remember how, like, we had a podcast that's been going for 170 episodes. We've had award-winning artists of all different types of genres and musicians, artists, camera people, people that are just our friends, all types of people, and we were, like, recording almost every week for, like, four years? I do. But then, like, we had the audacity to think that we could record while I moved to a different state, and somehow we still were able to record almost every week for a year? Yeah, it worked out. And then... We were like, okay, we found out that that you were going to be a dad. And we were like, oh, we're just going to record all these episodes, right, before you had a baby. Remember that? Yes. But uh, we... Didn't exactly work out. Didn't exactly work out. But let's... Would you like to welcome the world to tell tell us about um, Nathaniel Pinn? Yeah, I have a four-month-old son, Nathaniel Willard Penn. He was born August 31st at 4.33 a.m. Um, he First name, Nathaniel. He's named after my uncle, Nathaniel. Middle name, Willard, after my dad. And last name, he's he's a he's a Penn. I also like the fact that, you know, we live in Queens, so he's now a fourth. Technically, he's a fourth-generation Queens guy. A Queens Penn, specifically. That's nice. So, I, like how, yeah. I like how you're... A fourth generation uh, Queens Queens person, and I'm a fourth generation Brooklynite. Yeah. Kinda oh, that's cool. all. Oh, did I not know? Did I not know that? Oh, I just, I I just always I never thought back past the second generation, but that's wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm the first person to leave since we came there from Russia. No way. I know. Wow. So yeah, we had this plan. Like you were, we were gonna continue going and record all the time and then you know you had a baby which is amazing i've met your baby we get yeah, along you have. Uh, yeah yeah he's easy he's, he's easy to get along with uh, okay and and we get some along. babies aren't some babies know, don't like I to know. be passed around and all that stuff which i get to no no judgment on those types of babies either just want to what, be clear what i'm learning because a lot of my friends are having children right now and Saskia and I have been visiting families, and what I'm learning is that the first six months is just very challenging, and you can make as many plans as you want, but doesn't mean any of it's going to happen. Let's also, real quick, throw another monkey wrench in. For the last almost 16 years, I was doing a job and I was one position. I was a designer. And then a week after my son was born, I started a new job as a whole new different position, something I'd never really done before. I dipped my foot in the water. So there's that too. I also started a new job, a new position after doing the same thing for almost 16 years. So there's that adjustment as well. Um, Then there's a couple things about in my life that I'm not going to go into. Sure. But but also I started having to work from the office for a little while Mm. and then we had a plan to come around and do our year-end episode which will be next week's episode yeah and then i got COVID. yeah um yeah so i didn't 
I didn't have a voice for like a week. Um, I'm okay now. I'm doing great. Good. But I am boosted. I did all the things. I did everything. Same. But Same. I got, I got it. I felt it. It was, it was not just like a cold. Omicron is not just a cold. You know, you can have all these narratives in uh, at at zebras in America. We don't believe that any one thing. So no axiom is really true. So, like, I'm not just going to say all medicine is good or all medicine is bad. But of course, I think it is if you are able to, because there are people with that are immunocompromised or babies or have cystic fibrosis or there are plenty of people who are not vaccinated that are not against vaccines. And I understand why people are dubious of vaccines, though there is a new vac- vaccine that is being developed that's already been accepted for for emergency use in India called the Corbivax. So if hmm. you're if the argument of why you don't want to take the vaccine is because of big pharma, Corbivax was created by people that were that got no government funding it's um it's not patented so anyone can anyone that has the ingredients can do it it's like open source vaccine that's been designed to be inexpensive and easy and it's not an mrna vaccine and it's going to be hitting the shelves pretty soon so if your argument for being against this vaccine is that you don't trust big pharma which again i completely understand i do too to a to a degree but yeah i i understand i so i understand mistrust i understand people being dubious and there are reasons to be mistrustful and there are reasons to be dubious yeah on the other end i know because of my very bad asthma and also being morbidly obese for a long time and have I do not even like to think about what it would have been like if I had gotten COVID in 2020 because because with all the boosts I had a mild-ish case except for everything for everything except for my lungs Mm. And my tiredness, like I am exhausted every day these days. Mm-hmm. And and like my lungs feel tight. Like, so it's just been, it's just been difficult. So, yeah. and I, so that's, that was what happened on my end. And, and I, I didn't want to go back into our year end list because I wanted to just like talk and and break the ice, and also I don't know if my voice would be able to last a year end list because because I'm still getting through it. But I just there, you know. I was listening to the the wonderful wonderful podcast, Her Head and Films, and she. Oh yeah! Oh man! <clears throat> What's her? Twitter at she's 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 really cool. Uh, she, if you don't fo- follow her, she is really cool. You uh, at you can you, if you want to. Yeah, no, I'm looking it up now. Quick. As 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 you t- yeah. And oh, it's it's literally at her head in films. And we follow her, and um, you know, she mostly is a solo podcast where she watches movies and talks about it, 
and I find her takes to be thoughtful, interesting, smart, and I just she's one of the few critic podcasts that's not like a friend in real life that I listen to Hmm. and she is taking a break and she she made this podcast uh, a few weeks ago that was very heartfelt about why she was taking a break and what was going on and I'm listening to it and Hmm. I'm crying and I'm texting you I'm like are are we done is this over you know (laughs) and and you were like no it's not because because yeah. it had been so long since we recorded I was like are, are, is 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 Marcus trying to tell me something or are you know what's going on um and no, and nothing's going on we're yeah yeah it's just it's it's on my end like you could just even if it was just on my end alone it the first like few months you know getting a schedule for a baby and we look we live in a two-bedroom but it's still a New York City apartment so just like sound travels even if you close the door put towels on, on under the door and even that going back to the schedule part he he goes to sleep at a certain time and wakes up at a certain time it would just be so it, it's chaotic alone so trying to throw in doing a podcast you know for there were a couple times <clears throat> where i threw out the idea of like we have a we have a lounge kind of common era area in my apartment building but then i thought that actually i guess that's kind of rude technically because other people go there to, it's not just Marcus's, it's like anyone who lives in a certain region of the building that I have access to. So if you come in and I'm, t- I'm talking all loud and excitedly about, you know, movies and someone's just trying to get some work done, trying you know, trying to get a, a, a spreadsheet done. So Right. But and the little guy has a schedule, more of a schedule now. Um, he kind of, one of his naps is like prime podcasting time. So that's actually good. Um, now that he's a little bit older and getting used to things and, and whatnot, so yeah, so I feel like we're we. I make no promises that we're back to a weekly podcast. I cannot make those promises. We yeah. one, but we're not going anywhere. We love you. We appreciate everybody who was polite about us taking some time. We appreciate everybody who um, didn't put too much pressure because both of us are not people where that goes over well. <clears throat> sure, and I also appreciate the folks that like DM'd me or in some cases called me or texted me asking if, if we're okay, and I just assured them, yeah, it's fine. Because, you know, I, I have to say something, too. Um, there's quite a few, you know, s- social media, Twitter specifically, has birthed a lot of podcasts, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, between people who actually don't even know each other in real life. There's people, m- multiple film podcasts, small, medium, big size that have started through Twitter by people who don't know each other. So it's kind of easier in those cases where a podcast would eventually end when you don't know someone. So when people are like, hey, are you guys okay? For those that texted me and, and who needed to know if you know, that I know on a personal level, it's like, yeah, I text with Scott every day. Scott's one of the few people that I can say in a non-exaggerated way, I, I, I talk with Scott in some form every day mm-hmm. um, because he's my friend outside of the podcast. So I just want to, you know, put people at ease there too. So, Oh, were people worried if we were like... I just, I caught that they were trying to, wear the, hey, are, like when they say, are you guys okay? I just take it a certain way. 
So I was just assuring people without giving them information that they didn't need, that they aren't necessarily privileged to or need to know. Just a bit. Like, everything's fine. It's just, you know. Yeah. Moving, kids, sickness, work, going to the office, going back out of the office. Like, for example, when I started this job, I was in the office three days a week. But the building I work in, which is a rather large building, every single day on various floors, there was just one case, two cases, three cases. So finally, which is cool of my job, they're like, you know what? Everybody go home. If you need to come in, fine, but you probably don't. So everybody just work from home. So they set us all up at home with equipment and whatnot. So my, my, my job is cool about that stuff. <clears throat> so. And, oh, Hello. Yeah, I'm just listening. Oh. I know no, I know it's crazy. I'm not interrupting, but I just no. wanted you to get out your thought. <clears throat> All right. Uh I was also, you know, normally No, I wasn't throwing I wasn't throwing shade. I was like Oh, even if you are, it's fine. But going back to, you know, Scott mentioned, you know, we are going to get to our our year end list. Uh and I just want, you know, more than any other year, this might be our best year end list because we're doing it after the year. Every year we've done it, you know, we make a point to try to like scram and get screeners and go to the New York Film Festival or then I go to Toronto and I tell you about something or we get, you know, a preview screen, all that stuff. And we get everything in before the year is over. But now it's like there's no pressure. So now it's like I'll take my time and I'll catch up on there's like there's still about two or three movies that between this episode and the next one that I'm going to see and digest and take in. And it'll be a lot more concise, I guess, is the word. So. It'll be worth it. Um, yeah, and for maybe for for you. Um, eh. m- mine is mine will probably more be like a commentary. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I don't want to be all Debbie Downer and stuff. I don't care what all the factors were. New movies, lots of new movies came out this year and last year, and for the most part, twenty twenty one was not. My favorite movie year. But plenty of stuff to watch and talk about. It wasn't like, oh, this year sucked. Next. It's like, I was not happy with this year. But I got a lot of things to say. So that's so, so that that's kind of a positive um, out of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. No, I think it's going to be a great conversation. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say what my favorite movie was of, of last year. I also, there are a lot of movies last year that I really didn't. Um, get a chance to see yet. There's a mm. big list of movies that I'm like I really wa- I really want to see Macbeth. I actually want to see uh, Red oh, Rocket. Another um, that's another one. I just saw the new Joe film. That was. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it yet? Nope. Well, we can talk about it when you've seen it. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it it it's like oh man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I do know what you're. I'm, I'm sure I know. I know what you're saying because he's a he's a favorite of mine. Yeah, so I thought I would bring that up. So yeah, and we just we have to do what we have to do, and we're going to do what we're going to do. And yeah, and again, we owe you no explanations, but we're giving some because there's there's a lot of stuff that happened on my end that was a lot that yeah. that I that I got through um and that's you know I'm just very happy that 
that were here, that were figuring it out, that were so talking. Um, you know. Uh, oh, uh, in, in, in the vein of not owing you guys anything, I will say this is a little bonus. We're not giving dates. We're not going to give episode numbers. But behind the scenes, you know, because we both care about this podcast, even when we weren't recording, Scott would reach out like, hey, do you think this person would want to be on the show later on when, when we decide? And through that, I've, I've got a couple of folks lined up. And Scott, I'm going to half surprise you. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't know the date yet. But, you know, a few months ago, I was able to interview someone. And through that article, the film journal that I wrote for, they got me to interview someone new coming up. And I think it's going to happen next week. And I'm going to finagle... A zebra's episode with this new person who I'm, I'm interviewing. If, if you want, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off off record. You 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 might kind of flip your wig. Yeah, yeah. Bit. No, please, please. I want to yeah. know because I have no idea what you're talking about right now. But cool. And also a, a really cool returning guest. I, I I hit them up and they were like, Yeah, absolutely. Of course, I'll come back on. Um. So we got some cool stuff lined up at some point in 2022. The year just started, so you know. Yeah, and and we still we yeah there's you know we get sometimes our 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 eyes are bigger than our stomachs when it comes to these sort of things you know so yeah. we 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 wanted to have an episode sooner but we didn't and that just is what it is but um, you know hi Doug. Um, yeah, I said it twice this time. Um, we still owe you that Ernest Dickerson episode. That'll be one of our next episodes to do. Um, Hell yeah. Because, again, just some things happened. But, you know, I finally got back to the movie theaters. Yeah, and, uh, that was uh, that, that was nice. That was nice. So, can I tell you a nice little story? Please. So... I hadn't been to the movies since 2020. and I, Probably early, obviously, right? What, like January, February? Yeah, yeah. I don't... Let me... I can probably pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I can probably pinpoint when when it was. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know... Uh, sorry. Because I know it was either it was I don't think it was like something I was super excited about, mm. you know. Um, yeah. So the the last movie I saw in theaters that was a new movie was Birds of Prey, which actually was better than I I actually enjoyed that movie. And the last movie I saw in theaters was a revival of The Landlord. Nice in twenty twenty. At the right. film forum, and uh, it was me, Saskia, and both of our moms. We had like a art date. Cool. It was, it was dope. Um, but so, I'm like, I'm like, what am I gonna do? Where? What movie am I gonna go see? You know, I have I have tremendous amounts of anxiety. I am afraid. Like, oh, I, you know, are people gonna wear their masks? Are they not? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and the, and I just knew that that I had waited long enough 
the movie that I was going to see in theaters, the first movie I was going to see, was going to be The Souvenir 2. Mm-hmm. It had to be. Um, yep. It was going to be Dune, because obviously that's a very good theater experience. Yeah. But then, as it got sooner and sooner, I was like, you know what? I just want to see this movie. Um, and my first plan, I thought I was going to have to go to Washington, D.C., because... Baltimore, you take for granted New York City's access to films, and I'm sure even more so now with the COVID and all these businesses that have closed. So I didn't even know if I was going to be able to see this movie in Baltimore. Right. I was I was like making a day like like I was like back in the day when you were kids and you would go to like another state to find a record or something, you yeah. know. I was like going to go for art and then I found that the Charles Theater which is like our one of the one of like the revival and art more like more independent minded theaters around us was going to have it for a week. So I was like Saskia will you see this movie? And she's like I haven't seen the souvenir and I was like I think it's going to be okay. Mhm. And we go, and before we even get into the movie theater, I start crying because I'm like so. I forgot how badly I missed this. That this was one of the last pieces that that had been taken from me. And I'm not, I know that I'm very blessed. Please, like, if you want to be like, oh, first world problems, blah blah blah, whatever. I worked. I spent many years of my life figuring out what I needed for my mental health. And one of those things was going to movies in the theater. Mm. So we finally get there and I just start bawling, just having this like emotional overload. Mm -hmm. And then the movie starts. And then by the time the movie's over, Saskia's bawling and I'm understandable, understandable. And we're hugging and she, she's like, she didn't see the souvenir one. Mm. But I would argue that you don't actually have to. This is one of those sort of sequels where I don't think you have to have seen souvenir one to understand it. I said that <clears throat> I have a little blurb, uh, just like a little one sentence thing in my review of the souvenir two on pinlandempire.com. Um and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's almost like there's literal standalone movies that are about an event that happened before and you start to pick up the pieces about, hey, what happened before the events of this movie started? And The Souvenir 2 is kind of that, you know? Yeah, it, that's, yeah. So, there, like, Saskia was able to be like, oh, it's a period film. And she was, you know, from certain cues. Yeah. And then, so, like, she's deeply moved by, like, she's like, I haven't seen movies like this from a woman's perspective and the way that she made it and the ways in which she told the story. And I, I we live in such an exciting time. And, and you know, as a woman, I've, I'm connected to this movie, like, unlike any, anything in recent times. And but I'm also crying too, for different reasons. Obviously, I I don't know what it's like to be a woman. 
I do know that that The Souvenir was my favorite movie of the year when it came out. That it, mm-hmm. that the the storytelling about a young woman trying to become a filmmaker who has an older partner who is an addict and not particularly kind and and going through that just that movie killed me it did and then to see when i found out that they were making a sequel that that she was going to sort of contextualize her life in uh it was very meta because because like souvenir one is sort of about it's like a sort of biography of Joanna Hogg. Though sort she, of, yeah. Sort of. Though she didn't really make movies until being a director of television for many years. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that, that she has a... She has... There are no, she's not made a bad movie. I, I, yeah, I, I would say she hasn't. She's just like... Flawless. Flawless, you know what I'm saying, and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so the souvenir too is like, it's just her making a movie about what happened in the souvenir, and her the the actors being like, this doesn't make sense. Why the fuck would this happen? Like that, like I just love that sort of part. Like, and I'm not gonna say what, but then like at certain this this one character keeps questioning and then finally she checks her in a way that's just like well you know and then she's kind of like oh all right fair enough it, it's like this little quick moment off to the side where in a way honor swinton slash joanna hogg slash the character in the movie kind of just like yeah but and then you know where she kind of answers the whole constant questioning of like yeah but why would this happen how would this this wouldn't happen blah, 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 you know um and it's like yo you know, if you've, I mean, one of the answers is maybe you haven't, maybe you're lucky and haven't had a traumatizing relationship. Maybe yeah. you didn't date uh, an addict or someone with mental health issues that they haven't worked on or just, you know, maybe you haven't been in that. But if you, I you can take things in a vacuum and describe stories and relationships that people have had. And, Mm -hmm. you know, humans were fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you going to say, my friend? I was going to say a couple things. One, in relation to Saskia, in a way, I I almost feel bad for her just because obviously, you know, I don't know if she's done it yet, but gone back and watched the first souvenir you know, Richard no, we, Aoday. We have, a, we have a plan to watch it. Okay, well, it's just like in the Souvenir 2, you get so much more of Richard Aoday. In Souvenir 1, he's in this like one scene. He just kind of steals the show in the sequel. Well, he steals the show in the first one. It's this really subtle, cool scene, but he's only in it once. He steals and then you the don't show see him again. In, um, in most things he's in. I mean, his, his portrayal in The Watch is the only... Sure. It's pretty much the only thing about that movie that's enjoyable. Agreed. But, you know, to that point, actually, so take something like The Watch or anything he's in. I don't mean to diss him because he's a talented guy. He's kind of a renaissance guy. He also directs movies. Yeah, Submarine, uh, he, right? And, and he acts. He's a comedy writer. Yeah, Submarino. Um, 
what's the 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 Jesse Eisenberg twin movie? He directed that. He's he's directed a couple of things, but you know also he kind of and and there's a lot of actors who do this, but Richard Aoti kind of has this caricature that he does in just about everything he does. He's got the glasses, the hair, the deadpan delivery. Like he kind of is himself when he's in things to the point where like in the souvenir two two people are just like richard aoti stole the show and they're just like he was in that and it's like yeah because he's not he doesn't look like how he always usually mm-hmm. looks like in the it crowd and then i you know i had a couple of people a couple of people on twitter when i was tweeting about this after seeing the souvenir two which is also my return to the cinema as well people were like wait richard aoti's in that who is he and he was just like He's, uh, what's his name? This guy. And they're like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, okay, but he's in the first one, too, you know? And they're just like, what? And then it's like, yeah, the scene at the table, um, Anthony's friend, Anthony's friends, and they're just like, oh, my gosh. So it's like, people are so used to seeing him be this one guy that he essentially transformed. And, you know, he also, he's given more, you know, opportunity to flesh out in the sequel. And I think his existence in the sequel is also a commentary on... English modern English cinema because he has this kind of rant I'm not going to say I I don't know word for word but he's talking about how the stereotypes that come along with UK cinema and it's very real like just kitchen sink realism which is like a genre was kind of birthed I don't know if it was birthed but it was just like it was made Saturday night night, Sunday morning or something like that hmm isn't the isn't the movie Saturday night Sunday morning the beginning of kitchen kitchen sink Oh, I'm not sure. I just know all the random, whether it's like Sporting Life, all, all these types of... Oh, I'm not sure what the first one is. But it's like, it does get pigeonholed, and then you forget. There's like a whole entire world of movies that... It, it's not just about like Mike Lee and Alan Clark and folks like that. Like, there's so much other stuff. And I feel like throughout the movie... There aren't direct references, but there's, like, little references to, like, Terrence Davies or Derek Jarman or people who kind of deviate from the typical UK cinema archetype. And I think that's also pretty interesting. Because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, one of the main things this movie is about is about filmmaking and film school and, 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 and all that stuff. So, naturally, that stuff is going to come out. So, I think she did a really good job. Right. It's a film about a film, but it's done... You know, in no, a it's, way, it's a, it's a film about a film about making a film. Right. It kind of does. I don't know if people people remember back when, like, I'll just use it as an example. But like late nineties, early aughts, Charles Kaufman was like the man when it came to that. Michelle Gondry, Spike Jones, Charles Kaufman. Those three guys were kind of like through four movies. They were like attached at the hip, and naturally, when things get successful, there's a lot of offshoots and 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 you know, image you know imitation brand things where it's like hey this is a thing about a thing that's about a thing it's meta meta inside of a thing and it was always and i'm not saying this to be insulting because i like movies like adaptation i like eternal sunshine i like being john malkovich but there is a level of like fantasticalness to it there's like an element of like surreality to all of those movies where like weird random stuff happens and i think joanna hogg did the exact opposite she was almost like 
hyper you can, real. Yeah, you could do a thing about a thing that's about a thing, and it could still be completely real. Like there's no randomness to it. There's no kind of music video quality. There's no surreality to it. It's just all real. And I actually, yeah. I, 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 I like that a lot. Also, well, that's what I really like about her movies is that like they're just very real. They're they're stylish in their softness. They're they're mm-hmm. remarkable in the breaths that they take in between the things. You know, uh, this isn't like, you know, the Tommaso Siberia sport in life, you know, sort of heavy heaviness right, of, right, right, right. of a thing within a thing within a thing and then the thing about sure. the thing. It's just uh, a beautiful movie. Yeah, yeah. It was the first movie I've seen in theaters in over a year and it was the thing the saddest thing about not having an episode is is i wanted to talk to you about this movie and i wanted to share with you sorry i'm crying a little bit my joy of 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 going back and and sharing my joy with you because you are you're one of my closest friends and and I miss going to movies with you, and I miss... Same, same. I just... I. You were the first person, aside from Saskia, who I already did, that I wanted to share that I went to a movie, because also I felt like I was dealing with some of my own anxieties. And, right. And I... Well, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, and I've only seen one more movie in the theater since, and that's uh, The Eternals, which was, you know... That was what it was. It was what it was. What it was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, but going back, you know, I, I think it's. I mean, it's it's really cool though. Going back to the souvenir, how that was eat both of our return to the cinema after a very long time. You know, because that was mine too, and it was. You know, I got to shout my wife out. I was so into like, oh damn, I'm a new father. I have this job that is what it is and then um so my mind was just occupied with like a lot of stuff and then like she brought up she was just like you should take a day off you should take like a night off and go to the movies and i remember i was like huh oh yeah movies oh yeah i guess i haven't done that in a while so it's kind of my wife who had suggested it i mean i'm always oh i want to see this i want to see that but so many things were readily available to stream kind of right Mm -hmm. away that I, i i kind of forgot about the theater um but then you know yeah i drove in I was being safe. I don't want to take the subway when I don't have to. I drove in. I parked. I went to. I got some popcorn. That that's pretty much the only snack that I could have at, at movie theaters. The, so the, you were not, e- not, you not now more than ever. at the movie theater. Yeah, but I, I bought a, I bought a small popcorn I, at the Lincoln I, Center. I, I was I would be I was afraid to eat during the movies, but you know what 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 are you going to do? And I was going I was I was going to see Spider Man. And then the ah, next yeah. day, yeah, I wanted to see that. Yeah. And the next day, Saskia and I had a date to go see Licorice Pizza, and then we got sick. Oh yeah. So we haven't seen Licorice Pizza, and um, I I am not going to comment about whether I've seen Spider Man or not. Same. We'll 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 save it. My my I I I've returned back to the movies once, just like you. Although I crammed in a couple. Back to back, uh, I saw the new Bruno Dumont film France, which it's like I liked it. I'll, I'll save what I really have to say about it for our, our year end episode. I liked it, but uh, I don't know who else that movie could have been made for besides me. 
Um, and then I saw Benedetta, which I'm glad I got caught up in the whole, oh, hey, it's the horny nun movie and nothing more because it's so much more than that. And that was like a true movie theater experience. I mean, there's like apocalyptic things falling from the sky and like big imagery. Like there's more to that movie than just like nuns being sexual. And I think, and I understand because it's, it's, it's more Paul than, Verhoeven it's and I more, get it. It's more than pulling semi-automatic guns on nuns. It, it is absolutely, well, it's, yes, it's more than that. It's that and so much more. And I just remember, I it was like, now that was fun. That was a fun theater experience because Paul Verhoeven, there's just this element of Paul Verhoeven too that, like, he's a masterful filmmaker, he makes great movies, but there's things that happen in his movies where you do, you are going to chuckle or you are going to kind of, I'm not going to say throw your hands up, but it's like, oh, come on, dude. But in a good way, it's all, you know, because we're talking about the guy that made, you know, Robocop and Starship Troopers, but he's also the guy that made like Turkish Delight and The Fourth Man, so he's a guy that knows drama, but he also knows this unique, weird, Paul Verhoeven-esque only element of satire that only he can do, um, and that's all of that, and that's what made Benedetta great. I, I think... You need to be familiar with his filmography to really enjoy it, because there, there's no one who sees Benedetta and is like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's either like, oh, this is great, it's a one-of-a-kind, unique, great movie, or people are like, oh, this is blasphemous, it's just a horny old guy trying to make, you know, do whatever. Um, and I like that, too, the fact that there's still movies that can just kind of split audiences and bring about this, like, ferocious film discussion, so I, I, I highly recommend Benedetta. And... I'll say no more because I got more to say for when 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 we record later down 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 the road. Um, so yeah, so but it's nice being back at the theater. I, I I like the Lincoln Center. I've I've only been back to the same theater that I, I only go to the Lincoln Center. Uh, I've only so. been yeah. I mean I'm gonna go when when I was in town to visit my mom. I I went to the Eternals at like a big movie theater and yes. it was awesome because. Not that many people were there, and now that, like, we, now that I have had COVID, I'm less nervous to to go back. So I we're gonna try mm. to see uh, Licorice Pizza because that looked like a movie that I wanted that I would like in theaters. And and you guys know that I often really I do give Paul Thomas Anderson a hard time, but this looks like. The kind of thing that that I'm into. Also, rest in peace, Pete Bogdanovich. Um, and Sidney Poitier. Jeez. And Sidney Poitier. Two yeah. legends, two legends. One day Just, apart. Who worked together. Who who uh, Peter Bogdanovich directed To Serve With Love Part 2, mm-hmm. starring Sidney Poitier. And they passed a day apart from each other. And shout out to Bill Tech, friend of the show, friend of the podcast. Big supporter of the podcast, supporter of us who made a really great documentary about Peter Bogdanovich. He got to know him. He was really cool I, I with him and that. his family. Oh, built it. Yeah. Abs- oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, what's it What's it called? So, oh, man. Oh, good thing I have my phone I'm in saying, front of me. Well, while you're looking, I mean, Pete Bogdanovich has one of the greatest three movie runs of of anyone in his era of filmmaking. Granted... <laughs> The the other movies he made were of acquired taste, but you know, Last yeah. Picture Show, What's Up Doc, Paper Moon, 
are just like three yeah. very different, very amazing movies. I mean, I think What's Up Doc is one of the great satire films. Sure. Oh, the, the, they all, they they all have you seen? They all left. No. Oh, with um Ben Gazzar. Oh, check out They All Left. You 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 would like that. But uh, Bill Tech's movie. It's a documentary. It's one day since yesterday. Um, it I, I he made this years ago. Um, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I remember it was on Netflix for a while, and they were really pushing it on their main page at one point. So yeah, one day since yesterday. It's this Peter uh, Bogdanovich uh, d- documentary. But oh, Scott, you would really like They All Left. You you would like that movie. Okay, I'm going to watch both I, of those, and I was about to make a comment about a, net, a Netflix film, but... Oh, what's that? But we can talk about we can talk about it when we do the year-end list, because it's not nice. Oh, I th- oh, okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I just wanted to go back, back to Peter Bogdanovich, too. He's kind of one of those, that era of, you know, Hollywood directors who kind of, whether it's him or Francis Ford Coppola or... George Lucas or, you know, whoever, uh, William Friedkin, who's another one, how they all True. had these, like, really crazy runs of just consistent, solid, banger, classic films, and then after that, they all kind of were just like, well, I'm cemented now, I'm just gonna do whatever, in terms of, like, I'll make this random movie, I'll make this random movie, I'll do that, I'll kind of play around, which is kind of nice that after, you know, you get cemented in film history, you don't try to play it safe, and you make, you know, like... Jack, or you know what I mean. You make like wh- wh- whatever, yeah. and there's there's like a whole generation of filmmakers that he's a part of that all, and they all did right. That, Francis so. Ford Coppola has been like, I don't give a fuck for twenty years, and you're just yeah. sort of like longer, I, longer, thirty. thirty yeah. I'd say thirty. I'd say and thirty years. I really respect that. Um, yeah. But man, I'm just glad. I'm glad to talk to you. I'm glad. I mean, I talk to you all the time, but I'm glad yeah. to record with you. And. Yeah. um I'm so blessed that I got to meet your boy, and I actually sampled him to make a song. You did, and it's awesome. Cause, and that just made me really happy. And and yeah, so we'll be back when we're back. Yeah. The days of us doing a weekly podcast, who knows? But it's not going to be, hopefully, three more months before you hear from us again. Right, 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 right. Word.